Alright, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Alright, gone. They are not at school, but tell me something. Will you get a new class, the daddy? Which color that I party? You alone have the style, the daddy. The king, the England, the love of yardy. Will you get a new class, the daddy? Which color that I party? You alone have the style, the daddy. The king, the England, the love of yardy. Real bad man, no muggle in a shot. Straight jeans, cut off foot pants. Everybody off the arms when we get my clocks. Everybody off the arms when we get my clocks. The leather hard, the sweat soft. Toothbrush get out the dust fast. Everybody off the arms when we get my clocks. Everybody off the arms when we get my clocks. Clocks me prefer. Clocks for the leather, yeah. Clocks for the fur. Clocks for the summer, clocks for the winter. Clocks for the sun, clocks for the water. Me know you're naughty, got no. a fish sailor. Pull off a tiger, him at the golfer. Me knew all the bees other than sulfur. Me pat and me daddy from when I was a youngster. Real bad man, no muggle in a shot. Alright, welcome, welcome everyone to the eighth. Eighth episode of the Let's Free Forget podcast, a historical podcast by Tenamente and Media. If you like politics, you can head over and check out Checkmate, or a political podcast. Um, our most recent episode, we spoke to Alexis Scaff. That was like a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant episode. And we basically break down like Jamaican prison system and like the number of injustice that happened in that prison system since Jamaica come into existence, really. As in modern existence yes you can check that out right um the song i just heard is clarks by vibes cartel featuring popcorn and gaza slim um whereas many jamaicans know it as clarks one because there's a clarks two and a clarks three but yeah so clearly don't clarks so it's another fashion episode um if you're really interested in like historical fashion in jamaica you can check out our first episode where we spoke about the time the government of jamaica was trying to get rid of suit and tie in Jamaica back in the 1970s yes so yeah we're gonna talk about that we're gonna have a conversation about like how clerks the shoes become this global phenomenon so yeah we could start all right <laughs> so the clark story inception really started back in 1829 when cyrus clark decided that he was going into a business partnership with his cousin and their business was basically them selling animal skin they were tanning uh, making leather right and which is tanning and at the time and wool stapling which is selling wool in a small community in england called somerset right so that's basically within the dad room now by 1825 cyrus decided to say yo go solo and does him open this store on high street and high street that sold full sheepskin robes. Understand him? I say, yo, the, the selling animal skin and the leather thing just now work. I'm going to start selling sheepskin robes. Right? And I'm calling brother James for like help with the business. Right? So that's 1825. Now, then they are make them look at sheepskin robes and business are going on thing and it's like, they realize an issue. They realize, so while I make the, the, the rug, is like a lot of pile up that are left back from the rugs. Yeah, like a lot of chimneys that are left back. And me know there's an econ term for that. Me don't really know the econ term. Understand? More no political econ. But it's like the the resources just nobody that used its full potential. You get me a chance to say? So 
them have an issue with that. You understand? Because the money I go to waste. So GMs say, yo, catch a style, yeah. GMs go around and look up, one look up, one look up, sewing machine, understand? And bust two stitch in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the sheepskin trimming, see me? And bloop, a slippers, they make a slippers. And that was official, the first Clark shoe. And the way it looked would be like the, like the typical terms. Yeah, that's how it did that look. The slip on terms, typically that. That's legit how it look. And they would align the inside with like, you know, they look a sheepskin. Yeah, basically that's how they look. And they gave it a name. It was called Brown's Petersburg or, or Brown Peters for short, right? So I saw the way that them start making it. You know, so they made the slippers on sale. And it became a hit. You understand? The Brown Petersburg, but catch style. There was, at the time, you know, because this was like, the genesis of the industrial revolution in Europe. There were no factories. So the brothers now no trading as C and J Clark, understand Cyrus and James Clark Limited, relied on outworkers to meet the growing demand. So all that work was that the workers collected a letter from the from the store, from the store with them they collected from the brothers, along with a pattern, took the whole at home and turned it into a slippers. Right? So it's basically like a family affair. Everybody are cut Another person has a stick, and the next person has a You understand? Then every Friday, all the finished footwear would be taken to Cyrus and James and swapped for wages. That's basically how them did that work. Understand? And it did a go on. Like business are boom. Business are, business are thrive and a bag of things are going. Thrive. Business was thriving. That's a thrive. All right. So, by 1842, sales were averaging up to 1,000 pairs a month. In fact, business was so like big that in 1851 the clark brothers won two hours at the great exhibition an event organized by prince albert to showcase the achievements of british industry so yeah all right not distracted so <laughs> um that's basically where that one you understand business that going and a bag of things that are going but then in 1863 a disaster happened and the disaster happened because of a recession and the brothers were like, them get the blunt of the recession when it hit, right? So, them, they need help for, like, get out of the financial crisis with them, you know. So, what them do is them call upon the lifelong Quakers, right? The Quakers family, the religious group, they call upon them for financial support. And them basically manage to secure a loan, right? But the loan wasn't, like, straight and narrow. The loan come with a condition. The loan say, the, the basic contract say, yo, we the Quakers are going to give the money. We're going to get the money, we're going to save, we're going to keep it afloat, but catch your style. James and Cyrus had to come down from their post as, like, head of the company, and James' youngest son, William, was to take the reins. No, that did sound fishy to you, and we really try, like, we really try to understand why I'm going to write this so, but we're like, we couldn't find a connection. Like, we couldn't find a story as to why they decided that James' youngest son had to take the reins. Don't know, but just not really, just not really that story there. Maybe sometime in the future we'll update. But yeah. So James big William, sorry, James youngest son, he became like the head, the CEO, the chairman, whatever you want to call it. It was the head. That's basically it. And it was a good thing because William, you understand, being young, again repeat, William being young brought some kind of modernization to the company. You understand? Chew some kind out there. And what he did, one of the biggest things that he did was he modernized the, the company to, a, to, to, to like the factory system. You understand him? Get it caught up with the industrial revolution. 
and instead of like sending people home he brought in the singer sewing machine the singer sewing machine were like every jamaican household have that sewing machine which william Chu was a groundbreaking piece of technology at the time so under william's watchful eye c and j clark was revitalized you understand so like a bag of things that are going down a bag of things that are going down um, they end up paying back the loan in 1903 in full, and the company went back to a private enterprise, right? And it continued to move forward with developments like the hygienic range. And the hygienic range is basically what they call the loafer at the time. So it's like like the loafer, like where you wear like where um Jamaican men wear gar work or men wear gar work really with a lace on, just a, a loafer. That's basically what they what's the hygienic range. And it was launched in 1883, and it was the first shoe ever designed to fit the shape of a foot, right? And Clarks had Clarks was basically like the driving innovator for that, and that was their reputation. So I've said before, business did a boom again, you understand? So then paid up and pay about the loan. That's how they end up paying by the loan because money did come in quick, quick, quick. So by late night by the early nineteen hundreds now we are talking like 1905, 1906, 1907, them, 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 them years there, it's like things that are going for them, things that are going for them, and they were making a lot of money, especially since during that time, you had like a lot of technology being pushed out since the revolution of the automobiles, you understand? And then they had inexpensive alternative to fabrics like silk, which mean that, yo, them could have get things at a cheaper price because the resources was that cheap, you understand? Them could have pushed it out at make the shoes at a cheaper price and still make profit and during the 19 there that period you know england depends on next everything so everybody could afford a pair of shoes and stuff so a bag of things that are going for them now by around that time um it was run by another the other generation of of, of the clark family which was john roger and alice clark and they were the ones the ones running the company and under their leadership they started to like marketing to women right so they start push out women's shoes primarily because during that during the victorian era you couldn't really like women couldn't you couldn't the woman the woman uncle couldn't show right so our uncle couldn't show but now since the 1900s come new century you know everything i get shorter so you could, you could have see a woman's shoes so clarks basically like marketed to that so they start pushing out that and because they move from only pushing out to one particular gender you understand which is the males now them can push out to both which is the women because at the time they only consider two genders all right men women so them did that make money and by eight by 1936 with like this avalanche of business opportunities and business they gonna make they open a chain of shops called peter lord which lasts till 1990s like business in a boom and that's like the long story of the clark's brand understand so yeah all right so we're gonna move in now to how clark's get into class come to them for now clark's literally that make loafer like loafers and they make them look like slippers look at times looking things like that's literally what they were doing and they make them look at women's shoes that was it that was it so how the desert clark came into place i could explain that because desert clark's is really like the catalyst to like clark's whole clark's move from just being clark's to just being clacks. Cause clacks is beginning, but they never depend like Burberry at the time big. You understand? They never depend them level there. You understand? They weren't like a household name, but they did big. So we're gonna talk about how them move through. Right? So there's a clacks, which is the revolutionary one. 
So I said, Mama just said, by 1936, they open a chain of shops called Peter Lord. Now, 1940s come, I don't know. Um, Europe, you understand? They got you a bag of things. Hitler did over, over there, Hitlering. You understand? And everybody did a fight. At the time, Churchill was, was taking the reins. And if yeah, there was a man, you don't know, say, yo, if you have, you have no disability, you can see, you're not deaf. Even if you did deaf, you're still like, you're going to fight. You understand? You're going to fight for your country. So, um, yeah, a bag of people were sent over. And uh, in um Eastern Eastern that's Eastern Eastern Europe and Asia to help to to to, to aid aid quotation marks to aid in the fight <laughs> right so aid in the war World War Two and one of those persons who was sent over was this general called Nathan Clark and Nathan Clark was the great grandson of James Clark James Clark the man who founded Clark who founded Clark's brand him so that's Nathan right. And Nathan go over there and he was part of the Royal Army Service Corps during the war. And he was stationed in Lahore in Burma, Burma, Myanmar, um, to fight the Japanese, right? And it's like Nathan go over there, you see me? And it's like when Nathan go over there, him start pre the soldiers who were sent in from North Africa. Because, you know, we're going to turf a little bit. There were soldiers from Africa who were, there were men from Africa who fought in World War II, right? Um, primarily because two reasons: there was the northern um, portion of the war between France and Germany and England and everybody involved. Algeria got involved. Algeria was a big staple that got involved in that. So their people was over there fighting. Majority of Eastern Africa um, countries were sent nigeria um also because they were a colony of england and uh, south africa as well though like the two major ones that men because they're because they're part of the colony of england you, you, you had to go over there and fight so the famous burma boys of nigeria um burna boy the artist that's where he got his name from burma boys yeah so there were african soldiers who was fighting in the war right and Nathan Clyde came across, um, came across a couple of them. And he's like, him see them and him are pre their military gear. You understand? In that they are pre the military gear. And one in particular that he was pre was the Kairos Khan Il Khalili Bazaar for British 8th Army during the war, during the North African campaign. Right? And in that they are pre and him are pre and him are pre and him are looking him are pre. And him realize say yo the soldier shoes them different you understand then you know the then they weren't wearing the typical military shoes that the english soldiers were wearing for them thing different you understand the soldiers were were wearing this ankle height suede boots with crepe soles it was breathable but rock safari boots right and it was very it was an anglo egyptian design which was it was a take on a Dutch South African hybrid called the Vilil. Um, that word is African, so I can't pronounce that. I only know a, a, a portion of Tassa and not and I can't do the click either. <laughs> but that's African which I will not destroy. And um Vilil come from this word, that word that I can't 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 pronounce, that literally means feel shoe. Right, and it was common in the region since seventeen hundreds. And Dutch South African, because there was a large portion of Dutch people who were in South Africa. So really and truly, the Egyptian men were wearing shoes 
that were inspired by those from South Africa, right? Inspired with a piece of like Egyptian, basically up North Africa and down South Africa, the whole continent here yeah, inspired the shoes. You understand? So that the man them did wear. And yeah. Nathan Clark got so blue 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 pan look on the man them shoes and say, yo, yo, this fresh. You understand? And he basically sketch it real quick. And when he sketch it, he sent it back home to England. And after the war, he basically took up a project and say, yo, they might go mass produce the shoes. You understand? So him this him him decide say, yo, the shoes fresh, him think it can sell, you understand? And him gonna create him own version of the desert boot. Because I said him usually call it desert boot. You understand? And the Clark's desert boot that he created featured a two-piece suede upper and a comfortable but rugged creep sole. Again, basically what, is, what, what, what Egyptian soldiers then did a wear. That's legit what it was. And when he launched shoes now, is like in the late 1940s, nobody, nobody that really take to it. You understand? Nobody, nobody that take to it. Nobody, nobody that pray it. So it was like it was deemed a failure at first. And that is until them go across the Atlantic Ocean and went to the Chicago Shoe Fair exhibition. And when them put the shoes on display, it's like everybody want to appear, literally. Where like the brand received a glory review in the Esquire that highlighted the shoes' casual versatility, right? And the way the shoes take on, it's still today the most like it's it's Clark's trademark. Like if it if it if you know the desert shoes. You just know, say, yo, it's a Clarks. The swear, the design, Clarks. It's up to today. It's still their most famous shoes. It's still their most, like, profitable shoes, basically, from 1940s to 2020. And that the shoes basically paved away for a commercial success. You understand? Like, that was it. And there, it was really took on to, like, the writers and intellects at the time in in, in, in the U.S. Because it really took off in the U.S. first, right? And among the intellectual community, you get me a try to say, and yeah, the writers, the painters, the, the 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 Steve McQueen was a huge, huge fan, and him basically like you know, movies and stuff, and take it to another height. So that's basically like how the desert boat coming 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 to coming to existence, right? Now, how you come to Jamaica? So we reach a portion where Jamaica get involved, right? So talk about the desert shoes and how that came in. Reach to Jamaica now, and. Just understand this. Clarks was early being sold in Jamaica. Not the, Clarks brand was early being sold in Jamaica. There's evidence of that from like way back in 1920s because Burberry and um, Austin Reed were being sold in Jamaica. We they had like English styled shops set up that were by the name of the London Stone and Waterloo House, and they were selling those brands. So. And because, as I said before, Clarks was big, but it wasn't like big, big, pan like Burberry level during that era. It, it was going to be sold in these shops. So Clarks, the brand, was being sold, right? Now, the de- all the desert took off, right? The desert took off because really and truly colonialism, like everything else in Jamaica, everything else in the English West Indies. Um, yeah. So, not the English West Indies, the French West Indies, the Dutch. Um, yeah. So, what happened with how it did take off was because by the 19 late 1960s jamaica get, by the early 1960s sorry jamaica get independence and a bag of things are gone and if you guys remember the first epi- the, one of the four episodes 
where we spoke about like the beginning stages of gangs in Jamaica, the Phoenix gang and, and, and like in Tivoli gardens and how that gang firm and stuff by sixties, they had gangs being forming in Jamaica. Right. And the gangs, the persons who remember of these gangs, the persons who remembers member members of these gangs, right. They would wear clacks, right? So it had this bad boy image to it basically. And that image was really taken on by this, by one of our first gangs in Jamaica called the Spanglers um, gang. If anybody know the film, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that 1960s film, it's basically off them. That's why they named themselves. Um, and they were like, the Spanglers gang were credited for the Desert Clark's popularity, right? And this is according to Al Fingers in his book, Clark's in Jamaica, which is a really great book to actually read if you want, if you're interested in like historical fashion. And the Spanglers gang originated from Matthews Lane, um, Matthews Lane for, for some other people. And the Spanglers um, gang was known for two things, their gang activities and their fashion. You understand? Because as I said before, like, them, that, that's legit all them wear. Like, everything they put on was England made. Everything they put on was England made. And people, like, legit are taken, like, people legit are, are pre them. You understand? There was um, a report of Justich, the musician Justich, and he was a member of the Spangler gangs. And Bert, who was a fo- who was a photographer of Jamaican culture, said um, said of this about Stitch. He said Stitch was one of the original Spanglers and never ceased to dress the part. He wore a new hat every day from his vast collection, pressed black pinstripe pants, and a clerks on his feet. You understand? Another person said um, the original gangster would wear them, a clerks them wear. And in Jamaica, a rude boy, him now wear cheap things. So that's basically how, like, the clerks kind of, like, made its name with the gang's affiliations in Jamaica. Like, that's legit what it was, it was known for, that, that legit what clerks was known for. Like, yo, only criminals alone, criminals alone wear it, basically, was the society mentals, basically. And it was so serious it was lit no I don't even understand how serious it was it was so serious that police will legit target you if you were wearing a clacks so this is 1960s you know yeah and in the 1960s i know i've said many times in previous episodes that yo back in the 1960s if you're a rastafarian you were being targeted but no if you were wear clacks you don't get targeted too like them that look for you there's a story um that goes off uh Jamaican, uh, a Kingstonian police officer by the name of Superintendent Joe Williams, who carried out a raid on Spanish Town Road and a Spanish Town Road dance, which was being run by producer and label boss Sir Coxcone Dad, right? And according to him, the, um, jo- the Superintendent Joe Williams, he rolled up on the party and he said, Yo, all who wearing clerks move to one side of the dance, you understand? And who now wear clocks move to the next side, you understand? And that's how, in a freedom break, them could identify the, the killers. Them could identify, like, not killers per se, them could identify who are criminals. Them basically, like, lock up everybody who was wearing clocks. And that's legit how you were being profiled based on where you wear, you understand? And there was another, a new man also wrote in his book, 
um, he said that, yo, the Rude Boy Desert Boot Association became so strong that young males risk a beating by police simply for wearing a pair. You must be a thief, the police would say, or else would you afford such a expensive, uh, such expensive clacks, right? And that's legit how the whole the whole brand of Clarks being this bad man shoes. You understand? Like, a bag of t- like, legit, that was the brand that they were pushing. That was the brand. But at the same time, even though it was associated with criminals, ordinary persons were still wearing it. You understand? Because guess what? The artist shoes, you know. You understand? And it's expensive. So you know, if you can't afford a pair, things are going for you in your life. You understand? And one of the things that happened was, um, according to Stitch, it give you like, it give you swag per se. It give you a certain, what's the word? <laughs> it give you a certain, a certain, a certain brand for you. So it basically said when you have a, a clocks, nobody in your ear when you walk or come. They are so silent when you walk. Cheese button them call it. And if you don't see a man squeeze upon you, you not hear, you not hear, hear when you come. So that was another advantage, basically according to Justice Why ordinary person to that account to it. There is another advantage, like yo, them could have last. Like them no weird, them no tear, them could have last. Them legit could have last. And him also give another reason why people that take on to it, right? Women. According to him, according to, to, to him, say when a girl see it in a class, she know you're well proper. And this is according to um Osil Thomas. Um he said she knew your status up there. If you don't if you don't have an clocks in those days, you can't get a girlfriend. So basically, it was women love to see men in clocks at that time. Basically, and that's like I said before, it was more than just fashion. This was a status for yourself. This was monetary status. This was this was a status that they hope they in a society. That was basically the shoes. Like that was the shoes, and the Clarks brand up in England realized this. You understand? They, they, they realized this and they started to make Jamaica a primary market for Clarks, right? They started to make it a primary mar- a market in the fact that because of how Jamaica society set up, they push out this design in Jamaica where they did a longer narrow toe, um, a narrow toe, narrow toe style, na- na- narrow toe style, which is basically like the same um, Sunday church shoes that men wear basically that they tried to make the clocks in because they were trying to like make roach killer cowboy shoes because at the time that was what like other people were wearing but it never worked the people that said go back to it go back to the round dead you understand so them start push out that so them go back to the traditional one and it was a hit it was really legit hit it was a huge hit like nobody at that time couldn't even imagine like how push out Clarks did I go. So what ended up happening was Clarks see the brand, see all Jamaican people are take to it. And they decided to introduce this new this new this new this new shoes. And I need the Clarks brand called the Wallabies. You understand? So the whole time I talk, I talk about the desert Clarks, you know. Now in 1967 they introduced the Wallabies. And for persons who don't know the Wallabies, if you look on our cover art for this episode the shoe that's undercover that's what the, what the wallaby is and the wallabies is not a clark's original idea there's a story behind it so the wallaby actually came from this company called sijox sijox father god sijox 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 pronounce that for me 
all right so it's so <laughs> so yeah it really came from that from that from that from that company and the it was under the name of grasshopper that's what the wallaby was known as and it was very popular popular in england during the 1950s and the 1960s right and Lance Clark, who is another, who is the other generation of the of the Clark brothers, now he was leading the the ship at that time during the 1950s and 60s. And what he did was that he partnered with the company, understand, to reproduce the design of the grasshopper under a license, where he basically paid paid them a royalty for every pure soul. So it's basically a partnership between the two companies, right? And that's legit how they started the 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 wallabies you understand the wallabies at the at the beginning was released underneath the name of grass upper by moccasin because moccasin was what they were used um making it you understand and as again with the desert shoes it never did take off you understand it never did a sell it wasn't initially take off you understand which is kind of weird because yeah, it never take off in Europe. Let me say that. It never take off in Europe. And things take time over there. <laughs> and so it 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 took time. It took time. And what they started to do, because it wasn't being like taken off in Europe, they decided to market it in North America and market it market it market it in Jamaica. And it's like people them not itch. The people them just rush to it. The people them legit just rush to it, rush to it, rush to it. And the name got changed from Grasshopper by Massacre to the Wallaby. Because what happened was that you would have there was another there was another there, there was another shoes brand that there was another shoes that was going by the grasshopper, right? So then they actually have to think of an additional animal name. So they have what about the grass so like the lion, Mukango the tiger. And then somebody said, what about the kangaroo? <laughs> right? So kangaroo was the name they were going to use to name the wallaby. And they were like, no, 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 no. Let's go the smaller version of the kangaroo. Let's go with the wallaby. So the wallaby is this local squirrel-looking, rat-looking creature that's in, that's like populating in Australia. And that's what they decided to rename Grasshopper by Mussakins. They decided to rename it wallaby based off of the animal. Understand? So I'm saying before them, they go with kangaroo, but then decide, say, yo. Let's go to the smaller one. Them go with the wallaby. And that's how the wallaby became the wallaby. You understand? They make some changes and that's it. That's legit how the wallaby came off. And by the time it dropped in Jamaica in the late 1967, like, the thing did I fly off our shelf. Like, everybody that rush for a peer. Everybody that rush for a peer. We ended up getting um, a series of accounting books of um, La Parisian in Kingston, which was like, one of the stores that was like selling clikes and based upon one of the researchers cause me and you can me and me and anything money <laughs> don't go so they said that they um sold out a consignment of 400 peers in five days like legit and um someone said that although our boots are priced the highest the boys insisted on clikes like a clikes didn't want a clikes them say and it was legit like a whole phenomenon. Like if you're not wearing clocks, just no wearing none, basically. Because that's the only shoes that they were being catering to. The only shoes that were being catering to, clocks. And 
it, that 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 same that same societal pressure about the clerks flowed over into 1971 and 1971 phenomenal year because that was when clerks decided to introduce the desert trick right and the desert trick um was a low-cut creep sold hiking shoe right even that intentionally noticeable stitch down the middle of the shoe right and if you're a clerk's where you know me at that board is a yeah we are about bankrupt but that's what jamaicans call it so if you're a non-jamaican them serious so if you're a non-jamaican them call it bankrupt right and the reason why it was why jamaicans call it bankrupt is because of a misconception right if you would take up a pair of desert trick and look at the back like right at the back of it you will see a what you see a man on it and what the man is doing the picture of the man is basically a hiker and his backpack right that's legit what it is understand that's legit that's why it's called desert trick because it's a hiking shoe jamaicans go see the stitch on it and be like oh yo is a thief you understand is a is a bank robber and him just thief a bag of money and i step with it that's why I end up on the back of shoes, and hence the reason why Jamaicans rebrand the shoes as bank robber. It's not a bank robber on the back of the shoes. It's a hiker. <laughs> right? So that's 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 basically how the desert trick got its bank robber name. So those were like the three shoes that were introduced to Jamaica. You had the desert, desert clerks, you had the wallaby, and you had the desert trick. And those up to today are still like that of course i said before like yo the desert the desert class is legit the one that goes out that's the that's the one that's pushed that's the one that everybody own up here but the wallaby and the desert trick are really close second and third you understand they are really close second and third and that was that those three were just making waves in jamaica understand and that roll over in the 70s but catch the style 1972 come is it me and <laughs> Manley became prime minister. That's that's um Michael Manley became prime minister, right? And Manley decided a year after he became prime minister, nineteen seventy three. So in nineteen seventy three, you know, listen, but cannot do an episode on anything Jamaican. It don't become polit- political. There's always politics involved. There's always politics involved. This is not our discussion. This is life, and. Manly imposed a total ban on importation of foreign-made footwear in 1973. I understand, like, if it, his thing was, if you never make ya, you understand? If you never make in Jamaica, we're not wearing it. We are going to be in our own bubble. You understand? We're going to learn to be dependent on one. And remember, Clarks never did make in Jamaica. Clarks never did make in Jamaica. Clarks was made in Somerset, England at the time. That's, but that was where the shoes was being made. The factories were set up over there. You understand? So, Clarks got affected. Understand? And apart from having a total ban on importation, he also imposed heavy duties and quotas. So, even when they would come into the country, they were extremely hard to get and very expensive. You understand? Money, as I said before, money depends on some next level. Some, a next level in the 70s. <laughs> Like you want to know Mali nineties fifty six and nineteen eighties and I've said I had many talks about this on the episode on, on, on the podcast but seventy three yeah from seventy two money that money ready money ready money that make a shift so it's like 
it just it apart from you it, it rate for fine and if you're fine it's expensive you understand like way too much expensive like it was just extremely expensive i understand at that time the clarks was was very popular in the lower class in the lower middle class um at the time that was where it was populated and at that time with um all the sisters of racism classism um colorism you couldn't get that big big job that you wanted in jamaica because of those 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 societal issues understand so even if you could even afford it you still have basic needs for afford your house rent forget pa food transportation all of them somebody so it was really a big gamble for your clerks at that time understand and money did i make it extremely hard for even get so people try to find other ways around that you understand other ways around that so what would happen you have stories of this brother named john mac gilvery mac gilv john mac gilvery wow and that's it john mcgilvery and he was a record store owner in london and he would return to jamaica with prayers of clerks um no john mcgilvery right he was a record store owner in london and what he said was that um when persons come to his store to buy records you may ask them what with them luggage for put like records in it and a beer clerks in it you understand and then would i bring it home so that's how people were trying to like go around the system like people were legit try they were so what happened was that people would go to england and bite bite in bulk and then come back home because at the time you could have like alleviate customs like customs like, customs today if you're jamaican they know about customs today i know customs operate they need to operate like that from way back in the 1970s and i not knew you understand so people that try different way for go around the system because as i said before money imposed heavy duties and quotas on the shoes you understand so people that try to go around it there is also um a story of junior delgado the singer who would buy from somerset clyde's factory you understand and according to junior delgado um he had another friend who is the late great 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 producer um junior lars who was known to drive from london to Doncaster to fill his car with clerks so the man let us go drive through the whole community and just buy back a clerks you understand and then ship back home you understand like legit legit that's legit what people that would i do legit what people that do and um again all of these stories taken from all fingers clerks in jamaica i said before get the book if you're interested in historical fashion or just fashion overall um and it became like a thing you understand it became the, the thing that everybody wanted you understand and one of the one of the things that was also done was that when the the rise of like barrels in jamaica in the 70s they, that, that 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 created another method of getting the shoes right where you could ship the clerks in the barrel to avoid import duties you understand so when the shoes were sent home in containers um according to to to, to um according to sources when the barrel came from England, that was a highlight in the barrel. If you come back without a clerks, then where did they go? Like, why? If you if you got England, I never come back with a clerks. Why the same thing got England? Like, and the clerks have come back with. <laughs> so that was basically how people were going around trying to like get these shoes, trying to obtain these shoes. It was the thing to get, the thing they wanted, and they were going to make it work. You understand me? Like, they were like, go around manly. 
by any chance possible because you wanted the shoes another reason why the shoes was also in hot demand was because as usual i said this before reggae which is the dominant um genre of music in the 1970s as i don't know that spoke of jamaican society understand any anything that happened in jamaica was being was being painted in reggae music you understand was being echoed by by our singers and artists our musical artists you get me so it was very popular with musicians and sound system organizers and socialites you understand so if anybody know Dennis Al Capone's 1971 um, um, album guns don't argue you can see where he's wearing a wallaby and that and that and that album cover there is also um, the famous one of what the name um, there's a famous one of Pap, Papa Michigan Papa Michigan side chick name. Papa Papa Smilly side chick no Papa Michigan and Papa Smilly they if um that was his partner in crime when it comes to music legit like they were partners um if you guys know their album cover rubber dub style um they're both wearing clarks and that cover on that cover art so yeah that's 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 basically how um you could have said that, that the clarks being reflected at that moment there was like a lot of musicians who was wearing clarks um dennis brown gregory isaacs um Dr. Ali Mantada, like all of them were like huge fan of clerks and they were going the same route of getting clerks as well. There are stories of Ira and Dennis Brown who would go to England and come back with a bag of shoes. Gregory Isaac as well. Bag of clerks, right? They were making it work. And that's how clerks popularity really took off in Jamaica. That's how you, you saw it move from being a bad man shoes to being associated with criminals to being this high fashion branded shoes and i said high fashion because the socialites the, the the musical celebrities in jamaica were taking on to it that's when you start to see that societal change associated with the shoes so now in the 60s if you have an o'clock so it's a criminal no in the 70s if you have an o'clock so you don't know say yo you're the man i understand what things are going for you I understand and as usual as most things in Jamaica, people start singing about it. People start singing about it. So, go through some musical history and sit down and listen to some songs. And based on our assessment, my assessment, that this was legit my job for the two weeks. Um, the first song that really showcased about song was John Dillinger's 1976 tune, CB200, the care. And the way the, the, way the song goes is that um, there is a man, John, he would go to the bank, buy some pantslins and some ganses. He will um, go to a shop called Barakats, which was a shop that a lot of wood boys and musicians went into downtown Kingston to buy clerks. And that was where he would buy his clerks. You understand? So that's basically the, what the song was talking about. And that's like the first ever song that really glorified clerks. You understand? There was also Trinity who recorded a song, um, Clark's Booty Skunk. Um, while in another while in another song by Scorcher, he said that yo, um, every time him wear him clerks, um, women would pass the remarks. You understand? Say him look good and hot and sexy and da 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 da. You understand? And that 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 musical sense of speaking about clerks really roll roll over in the eighties. Um, we can talk about Super Cats, Trash and Ready, um, Eka's Mouse, what of them, um, yeah. Little John's Clark's Booty, because that's, that's what they call Clark's, Clark's Booty. 
all right so no clark's booty was the desert clark's that's what they call desert clark's clark's booty because of the um the height so yeah and um that's how it took off that's how you really saw in the 80s that continued with clark's being this huge brand this huge shoes in jamaica all three clark's i said again the, the the desert clark's clark's booty at the time wallabies and um bank robber. so that's they're really taking off and as you know a large um a large percentage of jamaicans left in 1970s to the states and to england we now get into that because that's another episode by itself and when jamaicans went they brought that clark's influence to the places that they went to so one of the big and one of the biggest areas you could think of is new york you understand and clark's became a big thing in new york because of the jamaicans who migrated there right and one of the persons who took on to it was um ghostface killer wu-tang ghostface killer any listen to any wu-tang album song wallaby class like i mentioned because it's a thing wallaby class is going to be mentioned and what um ghostface killer did was that he represent a new generation of clark's warehouse understand where every single time every every time you see them on stage every photograph them in an album cover every single thing he had on a clark's i don't know wallaby specifically and you kind of saw like other members of wu-tang to counter that you get me a chair sir and it became like a huge thing and they had a lot of colors you know and it was just a staple in their outfits so you kind of saw like the jamaican influence be migrated to other parts of the world for this love of the shoes you understand and the music was working with that but no unlike the late 1990s and what something 1996 came and what happened was that during the 90s you had the rise of the jordans the rise of sneakers and that started to affect clarks understand so even though the clarks was 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 like a big thing in jamaica and a big thing in new york and it was only a niche new york based world really you understand you could go with one clarks it wasn't like jamaicans who had six seven eight new york them because it wasn't like a big like it was a big thing for them but it wasn't like a glow it wasn't like a huge phenomenon like how it was in jamaica and england as well england always shot england just wasn't a buyer of the shoes per se they weren't like a huge market because clark's primary market was jamaica and the states so because of that they had financial troubles I understand keeping up afloat and in 1996 the clark's brand nearly like they missed by the skin of them teeth it nearly came to an end you understand like clark's probably wouldn't be pushing out today um if that was it and over four thousand jobs were lost because of that financial troubles and how they came out of that troubles was that noel and liam gallagher who was like socialites at the time they began wearing desert trick and because they were socialites people started taking to it and then that flow over the 2000s where the prime minister of england at the time was seen with a desert trick the beast boys um patsy kensit the spice girls jarvis cocker those people were like started wearing the clerks and it really took off there so they that make back some income you understand so like yeah Clarks did that take off. Well, never that take off. Them that, them that make a float. They were making a float in the 2000s. And you kind of saw Clarks. It was still a big thing, but it wasn't a huge, huge thing in Jamaica during the 2000s. Because I said before, the Jordans and sneakers and Nike and Adidas became a thing. I'm um, in Jamaica. You saw that market started to be filled up by Jamaica. This whole 
um wood boy swag kind of like started to die out in the 2000s you kind of start i saw this more sportsy this more sportsy um fashion wise brand started to be marketed so sneakers was definitely the wave understand and i mean there was a lot of reference because i said in the 1980s and 70s there was a lot of reference to clarks being made in music there was a lot of clarks being made in the 2000s um there was a song called bad from desert clarks and diamond sucks days we can play that we can play music okay no so we can't play it but um uh, bad from desert clarks and diamond sucks which was by um assassin with no agent sasko that was like the first one of the first references made about clarks in the 2000s and he wasn't really going to find clarks was being like yo um nobody can't touch me cause my bad from 1980s basically because they don't know diamond sucks and yeah so that's basically it and if you're a um ibamar song you know you know my diamond diamond sucks and moala b clarks and da, 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 da. that's the that's basically what assassin was alluding to you understand so from the 80s in bottom blah 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 so that 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 became yeah that was like the first ever reference to clarks and that never really even boost sales or nothing like that was it understand and clarks then they stay afloat like they make huge profit and they stay afloat they were that literally was what happened they were staying afloat and then and in march of 2010 uh they sang drop and the song opening lines was basically this new upcoming artist right named popcorn decided to ask his mentor vibe sky tell this one question we get the new class the daddy you understand and that was it <laughs> that started a boom in rise like when the the vibes cartel when when the whole gaza camp because it's really three artists apart of the gaza camp release clarks everything changed so, so jamaica jamaica jump around back on a 360 like somebody hold it and spin it around back you understand that's legit what clarks did that the song clarks did and the song was just a huge hit the song that we played at the beginning that song it was a huge hit not only was the melody good, not only was it clever, the video was trash. Um, but it's a 2010, so I'm really can't say nothing. Um, <laughs> the the the, the, the vibe legit saying that yo glorifying the, the song. You understand? Everybody asks me when I get my clocks and stuff like that, and vibe being like one of our first like first first dancehall influencers when it comes to fashion. He he legit set off a chain of events right the first chain of events was like yo the song shot to number one can i start play up on every coaster um i yeah i was in primary school at the time so my can't contest that but i walked from school to my yard um but i, I had fears i could hear um so <laughs> every coaster that i played um go up on road your ear bar i played it was number one in the country the song also resulted in the doubling of prices for clocks. You understand? Because the cartel has said, everybody asks me to get the clocks, clocks this, and the shoes, a bag of things. You understand? So the same status quo that clocks gave you in the 1970s was coming back. And because of that, there was an increase in price. You know? Demand, supply and demand. Boom. You know that you can do. <laughs> All right? So that, that became a thing. Um, so there was increasing prices. There was increasing theft. For the shoes, there was a um I don't know if anybody remember, but there was a report of the two million dollar worth of clocks that 
that was stolen from shops in Linstead, Jamaica back in 2010. You understand? They even um, raided a, a fake Clark's manufacturing company in Kingston. Right, Clark's never did a man. Clark's have never manufactured in Kingston. And they might find people and manufacture fake, fake Clark's in Kingston. Like, legit. All of this was happening just because of Vibe Scartel. Just because of Vibe Scartel. And the song itself was good. So, even even though it's about the, the shoes, as I said before, the song is a great song. It's a great song. And it, 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 it got exported outside of Jamaica. It was like a huge thing. And um, BBC One Extra, which was being rinsed by DJ Rubberanks, which is a huge love of, of, of reggae and dancehall music. And you kind of saw that the Clarks took off again in England because of Cartel. You understand that one song took off in another country because of Cartel. It took off in the whole Caribbean because of Cartel. It took off in, this, in New York and California and Miami where there's a large population of Caribbean people. It really took off. It took off in, <laughs> in the States overall. Like, it became a global phenomenon again because of that one song. You understand? Because of that one song. And Clarks was trying to fill that demand. Understand? Um, there is a report by an individual, anonymous individual, where he said, where he said online I went to order a pair of Black Uncle Desserts, sold out. You go to find Clarks, you can't find desserts. In my local in West London, there's none in there. Like, legit, Clarks was becoming a thing again. Like, it, because of cartel. The company was being was being pushed to astronomical levels. Like, I'm understand how. Let me try put in context how Cartel moved this company from like a company that like they were 100 because of Jamaica right, back in the 60s and 70s, you know. Then them fall back to like I go 25. Now Cartel pushed them again to 100. This is how huge Cartel made this brand in the in the, in 2010. In 2010, the month following the release of Clarks. Clarks for the first time in history was they made a hundred million dollar profit just because of cartel. Just because of cartel. And you would be like, yo, alright then. Anybody with common sense, anybody with that even ounce of decent would be like, yo, we made this huge amount of money because of this one artist, because of this one country. Make we go in a partnership with him. No, I know. Not a partnership with cartel. Not a partnership, nothing. What, the, what, 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 instead of calling cartel or having some kind of marketing thing with cartel, and I understand people will be like, yo, but a cartel, I you know a cartel, stay and cartel kind of hard for market. Listen, Clarks ended up calling Ghost Killer <laughs> from Wu Tang. Remember Ghostface Killer, who I said was for part of Wu Tang? Yeah, them called him in 2010, and they had a whole collab with him, with his own line of Clarks. Cartel? No. Even if Cartel is Alpha brand, call Popcorn, nothing. Gaza Slim, them call her? No. They never call her. But it's fine. And that was it. That was it. And Clarks became. Yeah, that was my local rant about not. Not. <laughs> not like giving enough credit to the to the to, to Vibes Cartel about what he did for that brand. The global brand that is Cartel. And there are a lot of press releases by like Clarks and their marketing committee by their CEO thanking Jamaicans, thanking Vibes Cartel, thanking the song, talk, thanking the producers, and all that have happened. But I uh, know when I see, when I back it up.
with some change. You know, now I it up in a partnership. You understand Jamaicans being such creatives and being such creative country and creative individual, like anything Jamaicans do, you don't know a special creative creativeness and dropping at that. You understand it gonna be different. It gonna be fresh. It gonna be like thing just gonna be a, a bag of things are going with it. Jamaicans being that country, Jamaicans being those people, you know something thing with ourselves. You know it with ourselves. You understand? You see me? You drop all the same bolt around. You see me around? Because I'm Puma. No. But you drop anybody. Like, anybody could have marketed that, G. I know. I I know. And you know how to do not I know. Jamaica have both, like, a whole lot of marketers who would have run for a clock's campaign? I know. I know. So, yeah. And it just... <sighs> Marantz. <laughs> so, that became a thing. And... Even apart from being a thing, like, it became a shift in society. It became a shift in society. Vibes Cartel set off a chain of events. You understand? A chain of events which is still being felt today. Clarks is, even after 10 years after the release, 10-year anniversary of the song, Clarks is still a big thing in Jamaica. It, it's, it, it's a huge phenomenon, phenomenon in Jamaica. Like, Clarks is being stayed afloat because of the Jamaican brand because it's still a hot thing in Jamaica. And what Clarks do is that they separate both. They have Clarks original and Clarks. You understand? And Clarks is like the the desert Clarks, the Wallaby Clarks, the banker are really being pushed forth by they are really being pushed forth. Yeah, by Jamaicans. You understand? And you have a lot of other songs that came forth from Vibes Clarks. You're just singing about Clarks. You have Javilani Clarks from Foot which was released last year. And I know them big up, look, give, give them credit where credit is due. I saw the Instagram, um, shout out to Javilani that Clarks did. Um, there's also Tammy Lee and Shensia song, um, Bridget's and Clarks. Um, that's, that's a, that's a thing that praise both Bridget's and Clarks. We'll probably do an episode on Bridget's one day. Who knows? Who knows? Probably, probably. Um, but yeah, if you're a non-Jamaican, Bridget's is like the, um, it's like this, status quo slippers in jamaica so you go hands up, hand in hand with clarks basically and um you kind of and even up to t- today you kind of see the popularity is risen because of jamaican artists that are wearing it like and even though back in the 1970s was men who was wearing clarks um even in 2010 in and gaza slim verse she never said that she would wear clarks she was like yo she like seeing her man in class and she was like yo put on the sneakers because the sneakers make it to a stink wear clarks that was basically it in 2020 i really started seeing a lot of women dancehall artists reggae artists even wearing clarks uh lila ike big up lila stream experience lila is actually the person who is on our cover in her purple um lilac sorry lilac wallabies um coffee is a huge fan of clarks as well protege skillet bang intense like they have all praise and um, clarks in their individual lyrics and stuff like that wear it on stage and stuff just because vibes cartel set off a chain of events and just because like the the the, the brand of clarks and a status quo of class that came from the 1970s and yeah and clarks really are run off fight we saw the ovio deal deal um dealer the ovio partnership that they had last year with drake which again not a jamaican artist but they had a whole deal deal with with, with, with drake you understand if you guys saw the orange and 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 and, and purple the orange and not purple orange and green clarks that they pushed for it last year um but yeah 
but yeah, it's still a way for you for a huge collab, a huge huge collab. But a collab mean huge collab meaning a Jamaican designer, Jamaican photographer, Jamaicans run it, a push clocks, a market it. But once a Jamaican artist on that, you understand them have a them have a, a basket full of people to choose from. There's no excuses. So yeah. And that's the story of how clocks became like this huge thing in Jamaica. Um, usually around like Christmas time and usually around like Valentine's Day, people birthday, hear people on Twitter saying that, yo, um, a girl really like me when she buy me a clocks or a girl posting a picture of she buying her man a clocks or yeah, stuff like that. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's the story of how clacks became this huge thing in jamaica yeah and just in a rough it up summary like the shoes came from africa like desert clacks like clacks that was noticed today clacks as we know it as today legit like originated from africa you know from north and south africa tradition combined combined and then came to like jamaica and then to colonialism um and legit it's funny because you could get arrested for it in the 1960s just wearing it could get you arrested and then jamaica entered this global um war and it was banned as a result of that war and then big big 2000s big big 2000s our prime ministers were in the shoes right <laughs> yeah so andrew holness has have his um his kenneth google Andrew Holness, Prime Minister of Jamaica, in Clarks, and you see him cock up on the, him cock up, and you see him foot cock up on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, the, the car brushing off his, his, his Clarks with um the two brushing off his Clarks, yeah, and apparently um is if somebody can answer me, why do you put Clarks in refrigerators? So just somebody just at me at JTPG David that's JTPG D A V E Y. David, and let me know why you guys put clerics. Not guys, just women, women, men, everybody. Just let me know why exactly you put clerics in um in fridge, please. I've never done that. I've never done that. I don't. I've never done that. <laughs> and and yeah. So just let me know. I know the practice of 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 toothbrush. Yeah, I know the toothbrush one, but yeah. But let me know why in the fridge, cause I'm genuinely interested. But yeah, that's the episode. Thanks again for everyone who listened. Um, and for another episode, really appreciate everybody who listened up to this point. Um, we have we have anything to say after this? That's it. Yeah. Um, again, Bonuela wife is missing. So if anybody sees or know anything, definitely talk to the authorities involved definitely want her home jasmine dean definitely face no 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 information see nothing definitely um talk to the authorities um be safe be safe everybody cover on the nose cover on the face wearing the mask do them things they understand and to all the jamaican people don't make jps stress you know you understand don't 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 make jps stress you know you see me so we're gonna close out with vibes cartel Clarks again. Yeah. Don't play Clarks one. Play Clarks again. <laughs> Pun. Clarks two. Alright. Later guys. Russia.
From me tell you about desert dark, say the creeper get fling where straight while the bee grab up on them thing there. Tell us see me on a ball, say the king there. Victoria see them thing they get fling where. Some smell nice, some feel sweet. Some shirt, but some jeans need. Oh, myself, be a bit myself, no freak. She said, freak, it said, she won't win, he said. Hey girl, maybe see that don't mean there. All of the tattoo, panda clean skin there. In your blackberry, see me pin there. Scroll, put on and come up on them. Some smell nice, some feel sweet. Some shirt, but some jeans need. Myself, be a bit myself, no freak. She said, freak, it said, she won't win. Girl, I mind me, if you wind me, she love me, y'all. She said, she don't go at home, me said, bring me clothes. She said, what kind of style you want? Me said, me said, bring it in a sweet and let her every man.